Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Welcome to the 1 o'clock hour. 106 is the KSL News Time. We've been speaking this afternoon thus far about uh, CARES Act dollars, uh, uh, a follow-up piece of legislation proposed by Senator Mitt Romney and a handful of others in Congress, bipartisan, bicameral group brought together on Tuesday. Uh, they with a $908 billion proposal uh, and that is all what is being worked on right now, uh, looking towards the near future. There are, though, still monies remaining from the CARES Act, specifically monies uh, which have yet to be spent here in the state of Utah. And in uh, the form of a letter, the Salt Lake Chamber has reached out to the governor, uh, president of the Utah State Senate, Stuart Adams, and Speaker of the Utah House, uh, Brad Wilson. This uh, letter authored in conjunction with the Downtown Alliance and the Utah Chamber Policy Coalition uh, essentially asks for a streamlined way for businesses to take advantage of some of those uh, remaining monies, specifically those businesses hardest hit. That's restaurants, uh, small retail businesses, hotels, uh, and businesses here in the state of Utah that support conventions and social events. Uh, you think about the experience of those of those small businesses here in the state of Utah over the past year, and it's an unfortunate it's an unfortunate reality we come uh, to to view. You probably know someone who either owns a business or whose uh, employment was supported by a business like that. Think about your hospitality friends or those who uh, reported for duty when the big conventions came to town. Twenty twenty has not been kind to them. And it has not been kind to them in a prolonged sense. I talked uh, earlier today about my attitude having shifted. I, uh, you know, a free market guy, try to leave government out of things as best you can. Uh, And when the coronavirus was a new novel thing, my thought was, and the estimates of many, was that it was only going to last for a short time, a relatively short time, a couple weeks. I thought I'd be broadcasting outside this building for only a uh, a couple weeks max. Uh, Well, there I spent six weeks, six months rather. Broadcasting from the guest bedroom. When it went from being a short-term problem, when I thought, my view was that, well, you know, I hope all these businesses are geared up to weather this short storm. When it turned from a relatively short blip on a calendar and later turned into what is now looking like an entire calendar year, uh, my attitude changed. Because the impact on these businesses is not a, uh, it's not a factor of, uh, you know, being able to weather 
a, uh, a relatively short storm, but now it is something that is fundamentally challenging uh, their ability to exist. And that challenge is coming not by uh, their lack of preparation for stormy times, but rather uh, regulation, health guidance, and the reality that we continue to fight a pandemic. So to get a better understanding of what is being asked for, uh, I am joined by Derek Miller, President and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber and Downtown Alliance. Uh, Mr. Miller, sir, welcome to the program. How are you? Lee, doing well. Always good to be with you. Uh, you, You getting some running in? I know you're a runner like me. The weather's a little bit colder. You getting outside? (laughs) Yeah, I was out. I was out yesterday just as the sun was going down and we had blue skies, but it is cold out there, my friend. Yeah, well, stay warm. And tell me about this letter. Uh, What are you asking of the governor and the president of the Senate and Speaker of the House? You know, you've described the situation very, very well, Lee, and and it is a dire situation, as you mentioned, uh, coming up on a year now of this pandemic. And I appreciated what you said about Uh, You know, the private sector, you know, we look to the private sector for solutions and we don't necessarily want to or need to look for the government to the government for every solution. But, you know, I'm a free market guy. I mean, I've got to be. I run the Chamber of Commerce, for heaven's sake. But, you know, when I think about these businesses out of no fault of their own, I think that is the key phrase here. Absolutely. Out of no fault of their own, just got hit, got T-boned. They had the green light, and they got T-boned, and they got put out of commission, and they're the businesses that you were talking about, these local businesses, most of them small businesses, mom-and-pop shops, the people who every day are working hard. There are friends. There are neighbors who work at these businesses, who own these businesses, and I, and I also have to say, in addition to out of no fault of their own, working so hard to follow all the new rules, all the new guidelines, working to keep their employees safe, working to keep their customers safe, but they're still struggling. Especially at this time of year, they need our help. They need our help as consumers. They also need the government's help. And as long as we've got some of this CARES Act money that the state received for this specific purpose, our advocacy from the Salt Lake Chamber and the Downtown Alliance is let's help those who were hit the hardest, who need that help the most. In a perfect world, what does that help look like? Well, as we mentioned in our letter, we'd like this to be a quick, not a burdensome process, and it looks like grant money. Uh, this is you know, this is money that the federal government gave to the state to help keep jobs, to help keep businesses. We hear all the time an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. No more true than keeping people employed. We'd rather keep, have government resources go to help keep these people in a job, to help keep these businesses afloat, than to have more people go on the unemployment rolls and then have to help them in that way. Outstanding. Uh, can I point something out? This is uh, aside from this conversation. As I was reading your letter, uh, I only had to Google one word, and I'm embarrassed to admit that I have never before used in a sentence, as you did in your, in your letter, uh, the word quintessence. Keeping individuals <laughs> employed and local businesses afloat is the quintessence of an ounce of prevention worth a pound of cure. So thank you for expanding my vocabulary there. Well, in, in, a, in addition to saying business, it was probably my favorite word in the, in the letter. And I have to admit, I didn't have to look it up to know what it meant, but I did have to look it up to spell it correctly. <laughs> Very good. Uh, well, 
let's let's let me ask you this question in part. We had about a minute left before it's time to say goodbye. Uh, there are those listening to the program today who acknowledge the challenges facing these types of businesses. Acknowledge that there would be uh, you know great benefit to uh, you know the legislative leaders here in the state plus the governor. Uh, you know, making some sort of streamlined program where they're able to access this money in grant fashion. Uh, but in terms of being nimble and able to help, uh, literally an hour from now or ten minutes from now, what can uh, what advice would you give to Utahns who are desirous to get, lend a hand to these businesses? Well, the most important thing that we can be doing is just regular everyday folks like me and you is to support these local bi- businesses by shopping there. We're going into the holiday season. Whether it's your favorite retail shop, your favorite restaurant, look, I understand the convenience as much, and, and in many cases, safety as much as anyone to just jump on the computer and order and buy things online. I don't take anything away from that. But let's not forget these people who are just working their guts out every day to keep us safe, to keep their business open, to keep their employees paid. And let's recognize and reward that by going to our, our, our shop just around the corner at your favorite local restaurant, your favorite local shop. Let's help keep them going. And you said something I'd like to highlight here before we say goodbye, and it is that these businesses have been, uh, and I can't speak for all businesses, but uh, I can speak for what I have witnessed uh, with my own eyes, and that is uh, that a large number of small businesses who are right now required to uh, you know, make certain accommodations to aid in you know the the limiting the spread of this virus that hurts business some of those uh some of those things some of those measures uh like limiting how many people are in the store at a time uh like you know limiting the hours of operation all of that uh is being done to help the community to help slow the spread uh and for that i, I think that uh, we should take you know, at least or get some confidence that uh, patronizing these businesses, uh, that we are doing so in a relatively safe environment. So, uh, listen, Derek Miller, thank you so much. Uh, any word back from uh, legislative leaders of the government yet, or the governor yet? Well, we're talking to them. We're talking to them every day. I understand those decisions are, are being made shortly. And, and, you know, there's always many demands on, on limited resources. But as I said, keeping these businesses afloat, helping their employees, especially at this time of year during the holidays, I think it's got to be top of the list. All right, very good. Derek Miller, thank you so much, President and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber and Downtown Alliance. We're going to take a break right now. When we return, we're going to be speaking with Maxine Turner. She is the owner and founder of a local business herself. What has been her experience? What has she witnessed? And what would she like to have happen? We'll find out next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. It's Friday, huh? I'm in a good mood. Looking forward to the weekend. You heard me going back and forth with Derek Miller there a moment ago. He, the president and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber, uh, talking about running. Real briefly, I asked him, uh, he's a runner. I asked him if he was able to get out and uh, enjoy some of this uh, weather, some of this cold, chilly weather, gets a, get a few miles in. And uh, he said, yes, well, that's great. I This weekend, I'm going to try to do some of that myself. And I would invite you to, maybe running's not your thing, uh, but, but uh, stemming from a conversation we had yesterday, this uh, this coronavirus has hit us all pretty hard. It's impacted us pretty hard. And uh, physical fitness is something that uh, I will admit 
I will admit from my own experience, has suffered a great deal. And I've been trying to get back into it, and I'm trying to follow the example of those who are able to keep it up uh, because I do know that it comes with great benefit. So anyway, that's just my little plea. Uh, I want you to try to uh, get some air in your lungs, get some blood flowing through your veins here this weekend, uh, get some exercise, have some fun, uh, bundle up and do so outside, and uh, uh, you'll enjoy yourself. I promise you that. Uh, All right, I want to continue the conversation which started uh, earlier in the program about uh, small businesses and local businesses and the plea that has been made by the Salt Lake Chamber, Downtown Alliance, to Governor Gary Herbert and legislative leaders. Uh, I, the, the letter calls for some sort of program to put to best use the remaining unspent dollars which came here to the state of Utah via the CARES Act. Uh, we spoke again with Derek Miller from the Salt Lake Chamber on why the remaining funds of the CARES Act should go to small local businesses. And in just a few moments, we'll be hearing from a business owner directly on their experiences this year and why they need help from the CARES Act. But here first is a little refresher of what Derek Miller, again, president and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber and Downtown Alliance, had to say. You know, when I think about these businesses out of no fault of their own, just got hit, got T-boned, they had the green light and they got T-boned and they got put out of commission local businesses, most of them small businesses, mom and pop shops, the people who every day are working hard. There are friends, there are neighbors who work at these businesses, who own these businesses, working so hard to follow all the new rules, all the new guidelines, working to keep their employees safe, working to keep their customers safe, but they're still struggling. As I read that letter yesterday, I knew I wanted to talk to Derek, and I knew at the same time that I wanted to speak with uh, someone who has been directly impacted. He, uh, you know, as president and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber, speaks on behalf of businesses. I wanted to hear also directly from a business owner. And so uh, joining us to talk uh, in, in frank and blunt terms about what's being experienced by uh, some of these local businesses that have been so hard hit by the coronavirus in all aspects. Uh, Maxine Turner, founder of Cuisine Unlimited, joins me. She's been involved uh, with events ranging from the 2002 Olympics here in Salt Lake City and events uh, around the world, all from uh, her perch here in Salt Lake City. Ma- Maxine, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the program today. How are you? Lee, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you. I, I've invited you on the program today, uh, you know, not to necessarily talk about the hardship of the past year, uh, but I do think it's important to understand, uh, you know, the position from, from whence this letter is written and what exactly, uh, you know, local businesses are facing. C- can you talk to us from your experience uh, as a business owner uh, about what 2020 has done? You know, Lee, uh, we are in business 40 years now. This is our 40th anniversary this month. And and I have never in all of our years experienced anything like this, um, either just as our business or as a community. Um, within the small business community, and I have been the national chair of the Small Business Council for the U.S. Chamber, 75% of the small businesses are down in business, 80% and more. That's not a survivable a number. Um, the, the margins for small businesses are not like big corporations. We, we work on small margin profits. And in the food industry, of which we are as a catering company, we have been tremendously hit. Our business alone is down 95% over a year ago. 
and that, again, if it were not for the original PPP, um, we wouldn't be standing today. Without a second stimulus, we won't be standing in the next three months. 95%. You're down 95%. What's that mean in terms of your employees? And uh, put, put, it, put it in terms that we can understand. We started out with 150 employees um, just a number of years ago, ended a project that took us down to about 80. Then we dropped to 50. Um, today, Lee, we have four employees left on the payroll, four employees. And um, they have been doing an absolutely outstanding job in keeping our doors open. Gratefully, we're into the busiest season, season for food service. For us, Thanksgiving was such a blessing because we had a tremendous outpour from the community in support of us. We are so grateful for that. And we see bright spots in the month of December, which will see us through probably through the month of January. But at every turn, there have been cancellations of the large events. Within the first five days of the pandemic, when we all sheltered, we lost over $2.5 million in business. Oh, my gosh. Uh, not, not to make this uh, you know, too somber, but uh, what are those conversations like when you have to let someone go? It is the hardest thing we have ever had to do. These are people who have dedicated decades to our company, and we furloughed them with the hope that we could drive enough business to bring them back. We have furloughed twice, and this last furlough was by far the most difficult because it was the management, some of the top management people of our company. We keep in close contact with them, and uh, certainly would like them back as soon as we can get back on our feet. That's why that second stimulus that Derek is talking about is so critical. What would you, in, in a perfect world, what would you have uh, the legislative leaders and the governor of the state of Utah do? I would look at the industries that are hardest hit. That is your travel, tourism, restaurants, caters, any uh, venues. There is a gamut of, of industries that have been hard hit and, and make those available to them first. Not so much to bring back all of their employees because you can't bring employees back when there are no jobs for them to do. The Shop in Utah was one of the best programs Utah put, enacted. I would like to see some of those funds go back to that. Rent relief, because so many small businesses are on the verge of being evicted because they can't pay their rent. Those are the kind of things that will sustain us until a vaccine is widely available. We're speaking with Maxine Turner uh, with Cuisine Unlimited, a business owner herself, uh, sharing with us the experience that she has had and even broader, the experience of uh, the hospitality and the catering industry and beyond here in the state of Utah. Devastating numbers. Uh, and she, an advocate for a request put forth by 
the Salt Lake Chamber Downtown Alliance to the governor of the state of Utah and legislative leaders to open up some of the unspent CARES Act money that remains. Uh, listen, Ms. Turner, I'm grateful to you for your time. Uh, I am so sorry that you are going through what you are going through, and uh, my fingers are crossed and my money is being spent in an effort to uh, get everyone back in order, supporting uh, local businesses, supporting uh, Utah-owned businesses. And uh, I, I think I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic that ultimately so there will we. be a uh, light at the end of this tunnel. And hopefully that vaccine, when it comes around, will uh, at some point uh, get us back up to the numbers of 2019. How about that? I That is exactly what we are, are working and striving for. And I want to thank the community for all their support of small business communities throughout the state. Uh, we are all most grateful. Thank you so much. We're going to take a quick break right now. And when we return, I'm very anxious to have a conversation with a writer for the Deseret News. Uh, she recently published an article titled, Understanding America, is there, a, is there a Connection Between Faith and Firearms? Is there a connection between faith and firearms? It's a fascinating article. We'll speak with its author next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.